This podcast is brought to you by AG3D Printing. You can check us out at www.ag3d-printing.com. And if you want to help support the podcast, uh, go to our Amazon link on either this week's episode or any episode and on the homepage at todayinspace.net forward slash home. And do your shopping online as usual. Costs you nothing and helps support the podcast. Welcome back. I am Alex Orfanos, and this is Today in Space. Uh, man, uh, what a freaking short week this has been. Uh, it feels like forever since the last episode, um, and that's just because there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, sorry about the episode being a little bit late. Uh, it's just been that hectic over here. Um, but before we get into any of that stuff, um, I wanted to uh, start by, you know, uh, listen, uh, start by talking about how, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, a lot of my favorite podcasts, you know, they did a special episode on September 11th and, you know, it was just really good. I would have loved to have done something like that. I unfortunately didn't have the chance, but you know, uh, September 11th for my generation, Millennials, you know, anyone who was a who was in school at when that happened, you know, it's it's one of those days I'm never gonna forget. You know, we a lot of the other generations had, you know, other other, other events that happened. Ours was definitely nine eleven. Uh, I remember it happening like it was yesterday. Um, you know, for me, it happened when I just started middle school, so it was sixth grade. And, you know, it was this time of the year. School had just started. We weren't even, I don't even think, a full week into school. Maybe not even a full two weeks into school. So I remember the morning being fine and then just noticing that the teachers were a little sketched out. Uh, you know, everyone had heard little things about, you know, planes flying into the, the Twin Towers or flying into buildings in New York. And, you know, as a bunch of kids, you, you know, you don't really understand. But, you know, there's always one kid who obviously heard it from somebody else or whatever. Um, so it kind of got spread around. And we didn't really understand at first. You know, it sounded just like a tragedy, you know, like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, I wonder what happened. You know, but this is also before, this is way, this is before iPhones. This was, you know, there was no social media to let the word spread. And we all definitely didn't have cell phones um, or more specifically smartphones. So we're kind of at the whim of, you know, whatever the teachers told us. So, which wasn't much. Um, it wasn't really their place either. Uh, so, 
what ended up happening was, uh, I don't remember what time during the day, but it didn't seem like we were at school very long. And then we were all going into the assembly hall or the auditorium. And when there's an unscheduled, everyone goes to the auditorium thing, you know something's not right. And so I had already heard something had happened in New York. So I, I, that was my first idea. I was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to find out what happened. You know, and uh, I remember everyone kind of being a little restless. And then, and I mean, this is everybody. This is sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So, I mean, there are people lining the walls. All the teachers are there. You know, it didn't really sink in until probably right before the principal came up. Because, uh, you know, that's when everyone was kind of like, oh, oh, this, this is happening right now. Uh, and then just like that, it all started happening. Uh, Mr. Cook was our principal at the time. Uh, really good guy. Uh, stern, hardworking guy. And talked to all the students. You know, he was one of the guys, whether you were a good student or whether you were a student who was having a hard time with life, struggling with grades, struggling with stuff at home. You know, he met with everybody. You know, he talked to everybody. Um, knew you on a first name basis, one of those things. So, um, but he was also a really high energy guy, not a young guy, but a high energy guy. And I don't remember the whole speech, but I remember his message. It was pretty clear right away. He started with the facts. Two planes flew into the twin towers in New York. People have died. People are injured. And I want you to know that you're going to be okay. You're in my house. This is my house. And I will not let anything happen to you in my house. You know, under this roof, you're going to be safe. You know, we've called all your parents. We're going to be letting you home early. And you can go home and see your family. He's like, but I want you to know that you will be safe under my, under my roof. And that was, that was kind of the gist of it, you know, and thinking about it 15 years later, like I'm getting, I'm getting chills now thinking about it. Cause it's, it's, it's bringing me back to the whole thing. And I remember going home, I think I took the bus. I think they had all the buses come. I'm not even sure. Maybe my parents came to pick me up. I don't remember. But I remember going home, and I remember the TV was on. I remember it was right next to our front door, uh, right in the corner, because our door was offset a little bit from uh, the farthest corner of the house. And the TV uh, was on, and it, it kept replaying. You know, uh, I remember seeing the, the first one had already hit. The building was on fire, smoking. And then the second one went in and it's, it's one of those things that you kept looking at and you kept saying, no, that, that's not happening. Did that happen? You know, and then it was just pretty unmistakable. I mean, this is, this is before the news put up everyone's 
Snapchat or, you know, videos of them holding it vertical instead of sideways because why would you hold it up, uh, why would you hold it up, uh, sideways because then it looks better on the TV. Um, no, I mean, there, there was a few people who had cameras out, multiple angles, you know, some from the highway, some from in New York. I don't think anyone really picked up the first one. It was all footage of the second one. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting time, man. You know, I definitely didn't really understand what had happened. You know, at first I thought it was an accident, but when you saw the second one happen, even as an 11-year-old, I knew that wasn't an accident. You know, and then, you know, being 11, trying to understand that there's a terrorist group, what the hell is a terrorist, all those things. But um, to think that it was 15 years ago is pretty crazy because it does. It it seems like it was yesterday. And I mean, uh, you can argue that it feels like ever since the 2000s, things have been moving forward really, really fast. Um, but what's my point here? <laughs> um at the time, it seemed like, you know, I, my first thoughts were, you know, okay, is my family okay? You know, I mean, I, I had, you know, this is the time of year uh, my grandparents uh, go to Greece every year to their house. Um, they spend the whole summer there, you know, and they 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 open up the house because they have to close down the house because they don't live there throughout the year. So there's a whole process of opening the house. And then right around the September time, usually the end of September, they come back. This year, they were coming back around this time. So, you know, my thoughts were, oh, my God, are my grandparents okay? Um, They were. They were fine. You know, I was lucky enough that, you know, none of my family was uh, hurt, killed. Um, But that was where my first thoughts went to, you know, and then... You know, to say that it didn't have an effect on me in some way, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, given what I ended up getting into, aerospace engineering, um, you know, learning about planes and how they work and all these things, um, to say that that is a reason I I got into it, I I don't know. It it was never a thought, honestly. Um, But... You know, it, it brings up an interesting discussion of something that, that gets touched on in science a lot and just in other things in general. You know, there are many things in this world that are tools, just like a hammer. You know, it was designed for a specific purpose and it was intended to be used for a specific purpose. You know, and if you can find many other uses and make it a multi-use tool, fantastic. But the dilemma comes in to when a tool gets used for something it was not intended for. That's not to say that planes themselves have not been used for for evil or bad before. I mean, the reason planes started was military reasons. You know, the, the, the plane really kicked off was military reasons. 
you know, it's that whole progression of things, you know, first the, the, the research gets done, then it gets picked up militarily so that, it, so that it has funding to then research it further and develop it further. And then once it goes past military, then it starts going private and it starts being uh, introduced to uh, the people who can afford it because it's very expensive at first, then it becomes commercialized. And then that's where we end up with the commercial planes. Now, just because people use a tool for an evil or bad or nefarious, I hope I'm using the right word, purpose, does not make the tool itself bad. And using it for a good purpose does not make it good. You know, it is just a tool. And the user makes it good or bad or neutral. You know, I believe the same argument can be made with guns. And the use of those airplanes 15 years ago was for evil, was for bad. But the interesting thing, and maybe some people call it a balance, you know, uh, the yin and the yang, uh, the balance of the universe, if you... If you look at things, uh, you know, through a thermodynamics perspective, you know, that, that it all evens out energy put in, it gets lost, and it all tries to go towards equilibrium. Something very, very interesting happened in the country 15 years ago. You know, uh, a, uh, and, and instantaneously during that event, people who never would have in their wildest dreams ever thought they'd be in that situation found a courage that they never found before, you know, uh, a drive to, to do whatever, to do what needed to be done at the moment. The people that lost their lives, saving people in the wreckage and the destruction, you know, uh, the, the, the unwavering patriotic, uh, belief that happened you know people people stepped away from their own bullshit for a little while to say man like uh you know hi how are you how are you doing today you know just just talking to people being nicer to people you know i mean uh, the effect on new york city alone it changed the whole um, it changed how people interacted in New York. You know, the same could be said when the the bombings at the Boston Marathon happened. You know, same. People rose to the occasion. People found something deep inside of themselves to to do something that you you couldn't ask because they knew they had to do it, you know, and I think that's one of the best messages I've heard from this last, uh, from this year is that, you know, in extraordinary circumstances, people find extraordinary strength and extraordinary courage. You know, and, and I, I can tell you from it 
it being a scar in my in my psyche that that'll never go away. Um, that's what I saw. That's what I felt. And, uh, you know, it gave me, it gave me, you know, it gives all of us a sense of perspective, you know, the 15 year mark. I mean, not that it's any different than the, the one before, but man, that was, that was one hell of a day. And, and we, we picked ourselves up. We, we stood back up and we got back up and we, we went forward, we moved forward. Now, were there a lot of things that could have been done better? Were there a lot of things that, in retrospect, could have been done differently? Yes. But at the same time, you know, the fact that we didn't just start shooting in all directions, blaming everybody, is is really good. Really good. Um, but I, I'm losing my point here. But... Um, it was definitely an interesting time this weekend. I definitely had a little bit of time to think about it. Um, and, and I think that idea that, you know, that, that, that comes up a lot in, in scientific discussions, especially between scientific people, between, you know, people who aren't in science who discuss the bad things that science has done or, or the, the, some of the downfalls of scientific research and things like that, um, is the idea of, you know, does does the tool itself is the tool itself inherently bad or inherently good and i would argue that it is just that it is just a tool you know if we bring it back to space you know the rocket the inner, inner ballistic missile was originally created to well it was originally designed Two, four grand purposes, but unfortunately, it was used in a grand way to do evil things. Now, that same tool is being used to, and has been used to put human beings in, in the universe where they never, ever should have been. Putting men, human beings on the moon, sending things like New Horizons to Pluto, to the, to the, the, the outer edges of what we consider our solar system, you know, and, and we could be going to Mars in as little as 10 years. You know, and recently, the OSIRIS-REx mission that just launched successfully is sending a satellite to an asteroid called Bennu to not only see, uh, you know, a great scientific uh, adventure of, you know, can we return uh, asteroid material sample back to Earth so that we can analyze it and then see where we came from in the universe, you know, a very high-calling thing, a very, very noble thing, but at the same time, trying to investigate that asteroid, find out where it's going to help us possibly defend ourselves from an asteroid that may come and hit us in the late 22nd century. 
the tool is at the whim of the user. And it's how the user uses it that makes all the difference. And I think one of the more amazing things that I think, I mean, I, I lose track of it myself, and I think we all do, is, you know, we ourselves, our, our minds, our, our emotions, our, what we're capable of, all those things are at our own whim. Even though sometimes it feels like it's somebody else's fault or somebody else is getting in your way and, and, and all these other things are preventing you from doing something. You're the user. You are also the tool. And you have the choice and the, the, the know-how and the determination to do whatever you want to do and to make happen whatever you want to make happen. And the only person, the only thing, the only event that is holding you back is yourself. So if, if you feel like you just, you need a break or you need this and that and, and, and you're, just, you're just waiting for this and that, stop, take a breath and say to yourself, I can do this. I'm the only person who can do this. Nobody else is going to give it to me. It's my life. And I'm going to make it happen. So sit down. Get a piece of paper. Take out your phone if that's easier for you. Your tool. And use it for good. Write down what you want to do, what you are trying to do, get, trying to get done. And if it's not that, try to work on, on yourself. Try to work on things that make you better. You know, if you're frustrated that things aren't getting done, write three things to get done. Start there. Start small. Work that tool that is your brain and your confidence and work it. Make it, make it work for you. Hack yourself. You know, one of the things, you know, I've talked about before about, you know, for me, one of the things I notice when I start slipping away from, from, from whatever I'm trying to do, usually it's too late when I notice this. It's usually when I'm just at wit's end and I'm like, what's going on with my life? What the fuck happened? Everything was fine. Like two weeks ago, what happened to my life? The first place I look now is my bed. I know it, it, might sound stupid, but legitimately, that's the first place I look. In my bedroom, I look at my bed. Is my bed made? If my bed is not made, then I'm off my game. Because that's one of the things I've set for myself, that I've hacked for myself. To know that I'm on my shit. I'm on my game. If my bed is not made, that means I'm not doing what I need to do to get, give myself my own confidence, to make myself feel like I'm doing everything I need to do. 
Because a lot of the stuff you feel, a lot of stuff I felt, let's take it back to me. I'm not going to put it on you. Let's take it back to me, right? A lot of stuff that I felt from even the, the when I started podcasting two years ago, three years ago now, three years ago now, God damn. I had this feeling in my chest of just it, like it wanted to just explode out of me of, oh my God, I have all these things I need to do, but I don't know where to start. So the question is, where do you start? I started with three things. Just get three things done a day. If you get three things done a day, at the end of the week, you've done 21 things. You know, at the end of the month, you've done, let's see if my math's right, uh, 80, around 84 things. And then just take that to a year. Like, it, it, it's the simplest things. Do it by the numbers, guys. Now, another thing was, and, and it, it's, it's true of everyone who's not 100% sure of themselves to to kick themselves in the right direction to to start working towards what you're going to do for me i needed momentum i talk about momentum a lot because it's 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 helped me out so much and what do i mean by that what i mean by that is momentum is it just like it just like newton's law right uh, an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest, tends to stay at rest, right? So if in your life you're at this point where you're stagnant, you feel like you're stagnant, you feel like you're not moving, well, unless you do something to move your life, you're going to stay at rest. You know, and the, and the other thing is how do you get yourself moving? You know, most of the things that a lot of people get stressed out about and that I got stressed out about were these big things that required a lot of effort and really a lot of confidence in myself to get them done, which I didn't have at the time. So you can't just do a bunch of big things to get momentum and you can't just wait for big things to come along to then get momentum to do big things. So my solution was do small things like make my bed, like uh, work out, like make sure I drink eight, eight glasses of water a day. <laughs> it, it sounds stupid. It, it really sounds stupid. You know, at the time when I wasn't working, one of the things I did was make sure to work on one job application. You know, and or or the very least, search for one job, look for one job, start small and build your way up. So then by, you know, Monday, you start, you know, make your bed, you make your bed every day. Right. So and 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 even start off things that you can do as soon as you wake up. You know, if you're a writer. If you're a writer or if if you're working through some shit, right. Then pick up a pen and paper and in the morning, just write down 
where you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? If you're a comedian, write down some jokes. You know, and, and give yourself that momentum during the day to then pick yourself up so that when you get to the point where you're going to do those big things that you want to do, that you that that gives you that, that thing inside your chest that I, I, I got to do this, you're ready for it. And it's not a question of, do I believe I can do it? It's, no, I'm ready to do it. Let's do this shit. This is what I've been working for. I'm ready to go. And there's going to be times when it doesn't work. But if you have that momentum and your life is moving, you yourself are moving, you're in motion, then whatever bump in the road you're going to come across because of that momentum you already have, you're going to keep moving as long as you keep sticking to what your thing is. An object in motion stays in motion. So, make sure to give yourself that momentum. Make sure to every day remind yourself what you're doing. Because it, it will help you through the tough times. It will help you through those times when you're sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? How the fuck am I going to get this done? I literally have stressed my brain. I have, I've sifted, filtered through my brain, and I can't think of anything else. I feel like there's nothing else I can do that's going to get me to where I need to be. That momentum and that stuff you do every day will carry you through to the next day. And I guarantee you, if it's not that day, it's going to be the next day. Maybe it's you're talking to one of your friends or somebody you work with, and it clicks. Just like that. And all of a sudden, you've got a new thing that you didn't even consider the day before. I'm getting excited. I'm kicking the table. Um, that's fucking life, man. And you keep fucking pushing. And you keep moving forward. So, that's the end of my rant for this week. Hope it helps. Don't forget, I'm rooting for you. Okay? I'm rooting for you. So go out there, kick some fucking ass. And uh, let's, let's get into what's left of this show. <laughs> Let's get into some orbital news for this week. Um, you know, as we said earlier in the rant, uh, the OSIRIS-REx mission uh, is officially launched. It launched successfully at uh, it was around 7 p.m. Eastern Time on September 8th, and uh, everything went well. It, it went into orbit. It The second stage released it uh, on its way to I think its orbit around the sun to then make its way after a gravitational boost off of the earth on its way back around it's going to make its way towards Bennu so congratulations to the OSIRIS-REx team and uh, one of the really cool things you know all these missions have uh, their mission patches you know you've seen them you know, astronauts wear them. You know, if you if you follow the show, 
you know, you've seen a bunch of them, including, you know, the year in space one I have right in front of me. Um, but the Osiris Rex mission patch, man, is fucking awesome. It's, it's just as awesome as you want it to be. So it's, uh, an image of Banu and it's an image of the satellite Osiris Rex. But more importantly, there is a giant T-Rex with its mouth looks like it's trying to swallow the asteroid Banu. It, it's fucking incredible. Um, it's like eight or so dollars, uh, but it's sold out right now. So uh, <laughs> I'll be picking it up when I get the chance. Uh, but it is one of the coolest mission patches I have ever seen. Um, and I definitely want to add it to my collection. Um, so, you know, Osiris Rex, we've talked about it before, an incredible mission that's going to take a little while, about seven years to come, you know, start to finish, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching this one of a kind mission play itself out. So, you know, the kind of updates we'll get in the future here are, you know, how are the systems on board? Are they nominal? Uh, Where is it? How is the, uh, the plan trajectory, the plan time line up with the actual time and all those things. And I'm sure there's going to be different periods of, uh, testing and all this stuff, uh, in the meantime, while it makes its way to Banu. So keep you updated on that. And we'll move on to, uh, an update on SpaceX, which there's not too much to, to talk about, although there's, there's plenty we'll, we'll touch on here. Um, it, it, I expected uh, a few more things, but uh, with things like this, you can't just come out real quickly and just say what you think, you know? Uh, we can't have a, a Deflategate-esque moment where someone just says the first thing that comes to their head without any actual facts to back it up. Um, you can't do that with this stuff. Uh, number one, because it's just a death sentence for your company, especially if you're wrong. Um, but number one, uh, number two, number one, um, just throwing numbers out there. Uh, they're looking to solve a problem here and to fix it and and, and figure out what happened. Um, <clears throat> and it was obviously, as they call it, an anomaly. So they really need to figure it out. And one of the things they did to what I'm guessing is really hammer down what happened is they actually asked for help online on social media and SpaceX put a tweet out that asked if you have any audio photos or videos of our anomaly last week, please send to report at SpaceX.com material may be useful for investigation. And that was a, so that was September 9th. And so that was a very interesting tweet and a very interesting shout out to the community really to say, Hey, we, we need your help. You're our only hope. Uh, Elon Musk also put another tweet out, similar idea, you know, support and advice from NASA, FAA, AFPAA and others much appreciated. Please email recordings of the event to report at SpaceX.com. So that's where, you know, it gets very interesting. You know, my first thought is, you know, number one, that it just looked strange. 
And the more we're not hearing about it slash hearing about it is that it is just as strange as it seems. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to find out where this ends up going. Um, now, a very uh, interesting tweet to definitely uh, go off of here. Let's see if I can find it. Um, you know, I mean, every you know, everyone's taking their stabs and guesses, and I'm I'm you know, no different. Um, but there was maybe I did it on my phone here. Uh, there was a tweet of someone who was pretty much asking Elon Musk online, like, Hey, uh, I think this is what happened. Um, and I'll read it to you here. Uh, and it says, this is from Matt Storer, uh, M A T T S T O H R E R at a bad cliche. Uh, and he was tweeting Elon Musk and said that sound at 54 sounds that's the time. I don't know if that's 54 seconds or 54 minutes. I'm guessing it's 54 seconds. Sounds like a metal joint popping under stress. E.g. weld failing on strut, welded seam bursting, etc. And Elon Musk uh, tweeted him back and said, most likely true but we can't find it yet on any vehicle sensors. Uh, so that was, and, and Matt Stroer said after that, well, this made my day. Uh, yes, Matt, that would have made all of our days. If Elon Musk uh, said to you, yes, that's probably what it is. Astute analysis. Uh, so that's, that's a, that's pretty shocking. I mean, it's pretty damn fucking cool. Um, and it gives us hopefully an insight into what they're looking at. So to go over it again, uh, you know, it, it may be, again, this is all speculation, but it may be a metal joint that popped under the stress or the weld failing on a strut or the weld bursting a seam. And that's definitely, you know, I mean, those are the places, those are the, the potentially weak spots, you know, Weld is definitely not as strong as the metal that it's uh, joining together. And sometimes welds go, you know, bad welds happen and they're not perfect. Um, now, I don't know what would cause something like that in a fueling situation right before launch. I, I don't know that. Um, I mean, there definitely would be uh, pressurization going on. You know, it's it's filling up with uh, liquid oxygen, which would then be increasing the pressure on the strut or a seam. You know, the seam definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, but, it'll be, you know, who knows? It, it could be a million things. Um, you know, and it does make sense from the from them asking for recordings uh, from anything from the launch means, as, as Elon said, what did Elon say? Uh, he was saying that the sensors didn't pick it up. So if the sensors didn't pick it up, then those recordings are going to be crucial for them trying to figure out what, what may we have missed, you know? Um, and if it happened as quickly as it seems it did, 
from the video, the sensors may not have been able to pick it up. So we've got a lot to figure out here in the next week, maybe two weeks. You know, I I would assume that in the next two weeks we're going to find something out, but I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, But when we do hear something, I guarantee you we're going to hear a lot, and it's going to be detailed and most likely concise and definitely worded very, very specifically. So uh, we'll definitely do a segment of what Elon said. What did Elon say uh, when that information comes out? And we'll break down the language. We'll break down what it is that they're saying happened and uh, talk about, hopefully, if, if this is something that's brand new or if this is something that's happened in the past. Um, I'm definitely excited to find out. All right, so uh, it's time for a 3D printing update. We haven't had one in a little while. Uh, And as always, it's brought to you by AG 3D Printing, helping you bring your ideas into reality. Uh, You know, 3D printing lately has been uh, a little bit on the back end, unfortunately. Um, But we did manage to get a printout the other day, this weekend, actually. Um, It was a uh, Charizard, actually, for somebody. So, uh, Pokemon fans, rejoice. You can actually have your own Pokemon um, to to have with you. And uh, there's there's a lot of different models out there for you to find. this one uh, was a really good model. Uh, the first time I tried printing it, I did have an issue. Um, you know, it's a, there's a lot of supports. You know, uh, although it is possible to print a lot of these, uh, a lot of the Pokemon out there. Charizard, in particular, is a pretty difficult print because there's so much, you know, between the arms and the legs and the wings. Uh, never mind the long tail. There's a lot of supports that need to be built, uh, especially with an FDM printer. Um, and with it being one material, uh, it's building support with the same ABS plastic. So uh, it's it's a little bit difficult for many reasons. Number one, if the support for any reason fails or gets pulled away by the hot nozzle, it doesn't set right, which happens. Um, you get what happens on the first try of the print where uh, one of the supports goes and one of the arms... Uh, didn't have anything to sit on and ended up falling off later on in the print. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer because it was a long print. I mean, it was an 11 hour print and, uh, it looked fine until I took it off and realized one of the arms had fallen off. So, uh, and it wasn't just a simple fix. Uh, it looked like, uh, support just didn't build properly. And, you know, the arm, was built in kind of squirrely pieces, you know, it's built by layers, but if the layer's not there, it just kind of squeezes out like, like toothpaste out of a toothpaste. What do you call that? What is, is it a tube, a toothpaste, the toothpaste tube. So whatever comes out the end, uh, that's basically it. Um, there's plenty of other examples I could have used, but I made it weird. That, that, That happens. Um, so, uh, the second time, I decided to make it a little bit bigger uh, for, number one, so that there's more supports to be able to hold. There's more um, opportunity, hopefully, for the anything that might 
miss a support slowly, uh, has enough material to back it up. And number two, the wings on the Charizard are very were very thin um, in the, the the original sized version. So uh, with the larger size, the wings had a little bit more uh, thickness girth to them. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So uh, it came out great. Uh, it was a little bit more. It was a bit a little bit longer. It was about sixteen and a half hours to print. Uh, luckily. Uh, we don't charge by the hour. We only charge by the weight. Uh, and actually it comes out pretty well. Actually, if you're looking to get anything printed pretty much, uh, for every gram of plastic, uh, it costs a dollar. So a dollar per gram. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty easy equation for you guys and, and for myself too. Um, so, uh, the Charizard is a present. So, uh, doesn't apply there but uh you know yeah if you guys got any ideas you know one of the things i'm definitely i'm definitely on a high about with 3d printing is is i'm gonna say is one more time no that 3d printing is really good for helping you solve custom solutions quickly you know, I think the best example that I've done of that is the uh, the switch bumper for the CMM. You know, a power switch that was just in a bad location for operators when they're loading it in, right at their knee. You know, and if they're focused on what they should be, which is loading a heavy part and worrying about their own safety and the, and the part making it to the machine and the machine not getting injured, uh, the last thing you're thinking about is a switch that's at knee height. So... This pad, this little bumper, uh, fitted. We designed it. It went right over the pad switch. Didn't even need mounting um, because it just slipped in just so nicely. And now the the person running that CMM doesn't have to think about, you know, oh, am I going to just ruin half a day's worth of work if I hit this switch? But, oh, my God, I need to make sure I don't pull my back out or or worse, get injured even worse, or damage the part or the machine. That's a lot of things for somebody to think about when they're already doing pretty difficult work. So the the solution is is tenfold. You know, the the person running the machine is happier. Uh, the business doesn't have to worry about potentially taking a loss for you know a day's worth of work. And at the end of the day, everyone's happy, you know, and that's a solution that happened very, very quickly. And it's something that if, if you have something that just doesn't seem to be working or could be better, but you're not an engineer or you don't have a lathe, you can't just make something, or maybe you just don't have the time, reach out. I'd be more than happy to help you work through the problem find a good solution. And if you're local, I, I'd be more than happy to come and, and, uh, check it out and, and give you my two cents as well. You know, a uh, freelance engineer, I'm, I'm willing to work and ready to work. I'm ready to, to get that hustle on. So come find me. I, I'd be more than happy to help you find a solution to your specific problem. Uh, and you don't have to be, you know, uh, manufacturing center. Maybe it's something you got at home, you know, we we can make it work. 
you know, maybe you got too many cores hanging around. You want to find a cool, fun solution for your desk to hold all those wires. Maybe it's something as simple as that. Whatever it is, I'm here, ready to work, and let's bring that idea into reality. All right? And uh, that, that does it for now for the 3D printing update. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And don't forget to check out our website at www.ag3d-printing.com. And check us out on Instagram at ag3dprinting. And that does it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I do apologize for everyone looking forward to the look up section and the, uh, the mythology, the Greek mythology for this, uh, this month, but I just haven't had time to, to get into it. And I don't want to give you guys a lackluster segment. So, um, apologize next month. We'll get back into it. I promise. I do promise. Um, but you know, as far as what to look up for this month, uh, the two minor meteor showers have already happened. Uh, but, uh, towards the 15th, really, if you look towards the moon, we're going to have uh, a bunch of planets. But on the 15th, specifically, uh, if you if you get lucky, uh, you may be able to spot Neptune by it. And uh, it actually might be visible by binoculars, but definitely by telescope. You can actually make out the, um, the blue dot and potentially some rings. But uh, if you want more on what's happening in September, uh, a great place to look, one place I look every month, is the What's Up for September 2016. It's a video put out every month by Jane Houston Jones uh, at the NASA Jet Propulsion Labs. Uh, It's concise, it's short, they tell you exactly where to look, and Jane Houston Jones is, is just solid in my book. So, uh, go check that out. And again, everybody have a great week. Don't let stupidity or life or your own stuff get in the way of what you're doing. Keep moving forward. Stay positive and know that the next day is going to be completely different than it was today. So there's always new shit you can do the next day. If it's been a crappy, crappy day, go to bed and start again tomorrow. And if you're feeling stagnant, remember, the only way to get moving is to move. The only way to... St- that, that, that was stupid. The only way to stop being stagnant is to move. And then give yourself some momentum so you can stay moving. So that way those bad days are just bumps in the road, man. And that's it. Go out there, spread love, spread science. Have a great fucking week, everybody. Peace!